0: Mm Hey, and welcome to the show today. You're listening to Sensensa.com, Feel Your Heart podcast. And we have another really great show for you today. This podcast is made by Sensensa.com, the leading relationship institute for relationship skills and courses based on science made practical. To get the one-hour free webinar that will give you the key skills to get a safe, intimate and passionate relationship, just go to Sensensa.com and sign up. The link is in the description below. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel and leave a review. It really helps me keep the positive energy going to make more podcasts. Hey, I want to welcome Rhoda today to this podcast where we're going to talk about open relationship and different relationship dynamics. And it's a topic I'm really excited about discussing because we haven't really touched upon it before on this podcast. But first, I want to thank Rhoda for coming on and, and sharing your knowledge with us today. Oh, well, thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Oh, my pleasure. I thought before we jump into all the questions it would be good if maybe you could start by just outlining the whole idea and concept I think behind an open relationship because I think for some people it might even be a foreign concept and they might think what are they talking about so could you maybe start with a little introduction and and just explain what it's all about
1: well, sure, sure. And you're right. I think there is a lot of misinformation in the world about it, despite the fact that it is a concept that is really growing in our society. Uh, more and more people are feeling uh, less comfortable with traditional strict monogamy and are, are looking for different ways of designing their relationships uh, that work for the people in it. Um, and so when I say open relationships, I, I use that very much as a, a an umbrella term. Um, it covers many, many different types of open relationships. Um I always like to say that I think open relationships—they don't necessarily mean that it's a free for all or that anything goes, uh, which I think often is some people's fear when they first hear about it or their partner brings it up and wants to explore it. Uh, I think there's this fear that it's—it um, it has to be this free for all. Uh, there, there are no guidelines, there are no expectations. Um, And people can just do whatever they want. And that that really isn't how they work. Um, I like to say that they tend to fall into three basic categories. And then each of those categories have a wide range of how they're done. Um, The first is what I call... um, like the swinging lifestyle. Um, Some people prefer to use the term um, the lifestyle for that. And some people are still more comfortable with the term swinging. Basically it's, it's the same thing. So whatever term you want to use is fine. Um, The, the aspect of the swinging lifestyle that makes it more fit into that category is that you generally have people who, whether they're um, married or coupled the the one person they're with is their primary partner. That's the person that they're emotionally attached to, the person they're in love with, um, the person they uh, work their life around. And the other sexual partners that they have, either together in common or sometimes even separately, but that they know about and and agree to, uh, are more uh, recreational. Type of partners—they're not. There's not a deep love with those. They may be friends, um, but they're not in love with them. So that's really the main characteristic of when people are more in that sort of swinging lifestyle. Uh, the second big category is what's called polyamory, or people people often call it poly. Um, and with polyamory, the the big difference is that here people are open to having deep emotional connections um, as well as sexual connections with more than one person. Um, so here you're going to hear people talk about having uh, more than one uh, boyfriend, girlfriend uh, they, or spouse, and, you know, even though they're not necessarily legally married to more than one person, uh, they may consider them those other relationships like a marriage. They have that kind of deep emotional commitment to them. Um, which obviously can be much harder for people because having multiple partners who you have deep emotional connection with uh, creates a lot of challenges for people uh, because it's so different than what we think of with traditional monogamy. Um, And then the last I call designer relationships. I wish I'd created that term, but unfortunately I didn't. Um, And designer relationships are a unique type of open relationship That may have aspects of polyamory, it may have aspects of the swinging lifestyle, or it may be very different than both of them. Um, But it's unique ways of designing relationships that are not really full on monogamy, um, but don't quite fit into the other categories either. Um, So, a good example might be a couple where um, either maybe one of them travels a lot for work, or they may be. The one partner is, uh, they have very broad ranges of their sexual desire. One has a high drive. One has a very low drive. Um, and so as a way to combat it, they they create an, an option for one partner to maybe have other par- sexual partners um, that works for them. It's known about. It's not cheating because they agree to it. They discuss it. Um but it may, it may not be quite as open as some of the other two categories, if that makes sense.
0: It does. Thank you for for making this distinction and also explaining these three different categories. And I think for a lot of people, this is a very different concept. And I think it's important to keep in mind that there's not a one fit all for everyone. And I guess that's also why we have different ways of living and different relationship structures. And it's about finding out what fits for for each of us in that particular dynamic, right, in one relationship, it might be a fitting dynamic for another, it definitely isn't, and also it's not that it's neither better or worse, because I think with all dynamics, there are complications and there are benefits, right, and that is partly what I want to talk to you about a bit as well now, with with these different free categories that you mentioned, you know, what are, or in general, also the idea of open relationship versus monogamy, what are some of the benefits that people get out of this and what are some of the potential, I guess, should we call them pitfalls or, or things that people should at least look out for?
1: Well, yes, and, and there are pros and cons to each of them. Um, I would say some of the, pr- the big pros for people is that it gives them um, a sense of more sexual variety, um, more sexual freedom, that is probably the number one things that people are really looking for, um, in these types of relationships. Um, often with polyamory, people find that they have different partners who, who fulfill different needs. Um, you, you might have a partner who fulfills different emotional needs as well as sexual needs. Um, it, it gives people the options, uh, particularly people who are bisexual. They can have, uh, partners of, of, both genders. Um, You can have people who they may have certain types of sexual interests, um, maybe things like BDSM or other types of kinks or fetishes that they want to enjoy, but their their primary partner doesn't want to do those things and they don't want to pressure them to do something they don't want. So it's looking for a partner who can engage in those activities with them and, and they really enjoy it. Fully without putting that pressure on their other partner so there are a lot of advantages in those types of ways of of being able to live a fuller life than than strict monogamy often gives people um, i i often say that i think there are certain personality types that that do fit best with monogamy Um, just as there are personality types that really do much better in types of open relationships. So being able to be true to yourself on either side um, is important when you're trying to determine what type of relationship is best for you.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, And also, I think one thing I often that had come up with people in these discussions about open relationship is that one partner often feel that they're lacking something, that they, especially in poly they're lacking something that they obviously can't give their partner. And I think it's important for all of us to realize that none of us can fulfill all our partner's needs. It's just an unrealistic expectation. So it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with us, that they want other partners or they have different needs that we can't fulfill. It just means that human experience is so diverse. Um, and I think that's important to, to keep in mind so the partner who might not be bringing up an open relationship don't have to feel that they're deficient or they're not enough cause that's not really what it's about. Um, and maybe could you also talk a little bit about some of the, you mentioned obviously some of the clear benefits, what are some of the more pitfalls that people should maybe be on the lookout for if they engage in some of these three different dynamics that could obviously create problems in, in their relationship?
1: Well, sure. Um, And I liked what you said there, because you're right. Just because your partner may need more than what you can give doesn't mean you are somehow deficient. So I liked what you said there. That was great. Um, I think some of the pitfalls can be that, well, first of all, it is not the majority. And so when other people in your life find out, they may not understand. Uh, They may be far less than supportive. Uh, which, for some people, can then bring about this this feeling of the need to um, hide it from their friends, from other family members, um, and and they end up having this sort of secret life, uh, which can be ch- challenging for people. Um, which which you can do with either designer relationships or swinging. Those are things that are easier to hide. Um, Than polyamory. If you truly have more than one um, committed emotional partner, um, it's it's difficult to hide that from your children. Um, It's difficult to hide it from your family members, uh, particularly if you want to invite your uh, both your partners to family gatherings or holiday celebrations. That can be a challenge to explain um, to parents grandparents aunts uncles extended family like they may not understand that and it so you have to be a fairly strong individual uh, to be able to manage that kind of pressure um and and not needing to uh, make everyone else happy yeah uh, so that can be a big part of it and also because it is you know, very different than what all of us get taught. Um, you know, we live very much in a monogamous society. Um, and from very early on, our families of origin um, teach us that's the way it is. It's, it's two people in a committed relationship. Um, the, the schools we go to, the books we read, the movies we watch, you know, society at large all work from that blueprint. And to go against that blueprint can be a huge challenge because it brings up all of these things we've learned at such a young age that often we don't even think about as being kind of somewhere in the back of our minds. And they come up when we start making these changes um, because it's there's that part of our brain that tells us, well, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And you're not doing this right. And it it can bring up a lot that you need to address in your own mind of just because that was what you were taught. Is it what you still believe? And can you create a new life uh, that, that looks very different from what you were raised to believe was the way it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah. And this brings up, I guess, fundamental challenges to to what we learned growing up in our culture and seeing does that actually fit for me. And I guess more and more people are finding out that it doesn't necessarily fit those particular structures that we used to have. And also because we live in a very different world where we don't necessarily marry just for survival purposes. and, And therefore we do look for more what are our underlying needs beyond survival. And of course, like you said, people then find out they have different sexual preferences. Maybe they have capacity to love more than one person, etc., cetera, um, which I think, to be honest, we all have. It's just finding out, and I guess that leads me to the next question. Who should really consider an open relationship and who should not? Because I think, at least this is just my input, and I want to hear your input, is that I have found that certain attachment styles seem to be much better suited to open relationships. When I've seen open relationships that, that works quite well, it's normally because the partners have quite a secure attachment um, within that relationship, and both of them are quite securely attached when I've seen relationship when one party is quite anxiously attached, then there tend to become a lot of issues uh, around open relationship but again, I want to hear your thoughts on this
1: well, I would certainly agree that um, you know your ability to feel attached and secure in that attachment is very important in order to have a an open relationship. Um, I'm not sure that someone who has an anxious attachment style can't learn to be better about it, but it's going to be much more of an uphill battle for them. They're really going to have to work on their their own internal feelings, that anxiety of... um, Because, I mean, people who are very anxiously attached, they struggle in monogamous relationships. Uh, They're often... Uh, fearful that their their is going to leave them at any time for someone else, and y- you know even if they happen to look at somebody in a restaurant uh, across the room, they become anxious that oh you're going to leave me for that person because you like that person better and, and and that isn't even what their partner's doing at all um, but that highly anxious attachment style is is a huge challenge just for relationships in general um, so if someone is very anxious and has a lot of uh, f- fear that they're not good enough for their partner, um, if their partner really knew them, they're going to leave me, I would say you probably need to do a lot of internal work on yourself before trying to go down the path of an open relationship uh, because you're going to need to really have a stronger sense of self-worth Um, and being able to see that if your partner truly is attached to you and wants to be attached to you, that you believe it. Um, I think many people who do best with this are, are ones who tend to be, um, a bit of the kind of the rebels. They, they don't, are not the strict rule followers, um, you know, if you look at the professions of a lot of people, they tend to be more risk takers, um, entrepreneurs, um, people, uh, you know, firefighters, nurses, um, people who really are, are willing to take more risks in life um, than the people who need that, where the strict rule abiding people, um, who things have to be a certain way. Um, it has to look the way uh, my family's relationships work. or That's going to be very hard for people to um, get over when they try to switch to an open relationship.
0: Interesting. So it sounds like in general that, as we said, of course, feeling more secure in general, you're right, make relationship much easier to navigate. But also, as you said, to have a to to maybe ask ourselves these honest questions and say, you know, how much risk am I willing to take or how much certainty do I need in life, etc. Um, and I guess also as people start exploring, they can also feel, you know, into their own nervous system somatically. That's what I trained a lot with and, and helping people sense their bodily response and see, you know, how much stress is it and does it overload them to do this and is that work that they're willing to do because I guess we also have to ask ourselves that question because normally if we go from monogamy into open relationship there will be some level of work to do on ourselves right and there will be challenges there will be triggers um, even for people who are securely attached so I guess it's also just understanding that everything come with a price and are we willing to to invest that energy um, I don't know what you have to say about that.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I often, when I work with people who are making these transitions, um, talk with them about really looking at their emotional intelligence and how good they are, are, excuse me, how good are they at identifying their own emotions in the moment? Um, Or do they try and push them away or push them down? Um, How good are they at managing those emotions? Um, Do they take them head on? Um, or do they try to tamp them down and then blow up later? Um, you know, how good are they at recognizing other people's emotions and then learning to manage those emotions within relationships? Uh, whether it be romantic relationships, relationships with family, coworkers, all of those relationships, you know, having a stronger emotional intelligence um, is going to help you get along better in the world.
0: I think that's a great point because also, and I guess that comes back to what we talked about before, what kind of personality types maybe are more suited for this. It does require people with high emotional intelligence and a lot of self-awareness to be able to reflect on their part and why they feel triggered, et cetera, and being able to work on that. And that can only really, I guess, take place if people self-reflect, right? So I think that's a really good point you bring up here. So what I'm wondering is if, if we have some couples sitting out there and I'm sure we do listening to this and most of them are probably monogamous and they feel slightly curious about this and think hmm this could be interesting to start exploring how do they go about that you know what conversations do they have and how do you even bring this up if you've been in a monogamous relationship for a long time because obviously there's a high likelihood that your partner might not give you an initial positive reaction to that. So, could you talk a bit about how to bring it up, and also, if the partner is receptive, then what conversations are important to have before even venturing into this?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, and those are the type of questions I often get from people of how do I even bring this up to a partner? Um, it's a big concern, and I would say before you even have that conversation, um, I would really advise someone to do a little bit of work on their own of figuring out what is it about an open relationship that sounds appealing to you? Uh, What do you feel you're missing in your current relationship? Um, Because if it's, uh, you need to be able to start to explain that to your partner um, in a way that doesn't feel threatening because often partners when they first hear this take it on as oh i'm somehow not doing anything i'm doing it wrong i'm doing what we're doing wrong um you just want somebody else um you're really using this as a tool to um end the relationship and find somebody else in the process and if that's truly not your goal uh you want to be able to explain how that's not your goal um, now, of course, if you're someone who that really is your goal, you're just um, tired of that relationship and you want to find somebody else, you're better off just ending the relationship and going out and finding somebody new uh, rather than trying to do it through this process. Um But if that's not your goal, um, then I said, you got to understand what are you needing? What are you wanting? And how do you let your partner know that you still are very much attached to them? You still very much want them in your life. You just want to do this together. This is something you want to enjoy together um, so that they're not feeling left out. Um, And then try to explore how they might have some advantages to this as well. Um, When you start talking about it, how can you help them see what advantages they might get out of it?
0: And I guess also at that stage, like you mentioned, if people do want to stay in that relationship, it could be good, I presume, to start with some attachment reassurance and maybe make your partner know that actually you want to be here with them. And this is not about wanting to leave them that you love them very much. This is about being able to expand and live out another side of yourself, but it's certainly not to replace them. Um, I presume that again, that can be a good way to start too, just because it can make your partner feel more secure, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Because you need to realize that often when people bring this up, it does threaten people's, uh, a sense of attachment and that sense of are they enough, um, so that being able to think of this more as something you're doing together, uh, rather than you're going to go out and and look for other partners without them, yeah, uh, can make a big difference.
0: And I think that's such a key point that I have seen as well for people who are doing this successfully is that they're really there for each other. It's not just I'm going to go see other people and you see other people. They are in this process together, they help each other grow, they help reassure each other they they process they talk about which is actually the next part of the question you know part of the conversations to have you know talk about boundaries, et cetera, and maybe you could touch about that because we're moving in that direction anyway <laughs> when I said, you know what what conversations." Should people then kind of have, if they're both saying, okay, let, let's explore this, what it's all about? What are good things to talk about before going out and involving other people um, at all? Because I think it's, there's quite a few things that are important to talk about first.
1: Oh, absolutely. There are a lot of things that people need to talk about first. Um, and often when people start making this transition and they're in that, those very early stages, um, there's this tendency to want to make a lot of rules about how this is going to work Um, which is often one of the mistakes that people new to this make unintentionally like they have the good intention of trying to have a a framework of of how this is going to um, go and yet By making too many rules, and and sometimes it's even just the word rules, uh, because as adults we have a tendency to want to kind of fight back against too many rules in our lives. Um, Many people, that makes them feel very uncomfortable. Um, And even though this comes from a place of wanting to have some safety and some security, how you do it is important Um, because rules often get imposed rather than discussed and agreed upon. Um, That tends to be where one person say, well, if we're going to do this, we have to have X, we have to have this rule. And the, the other person who's usually the one who wants it a little bit more and wants to get going will agree to any rule just to get it moving. And now you've got this power dynamic in your relationship of one who's kind of looking out and trying to enforce the rules while the other ones trying to figure out how they obey them and it it doesn't it doesn't come across as a a team and peer relationship it's sort of a one up one down so i often talk to people about yes you need to understand how this is going to work but it's it's better to negotiate and really talk with a little bit more depth About what do you really expect and what can you agree upon together to get this started? So that when one person says, I would be more comfortable, you know, and oftentimes it can come around um, sexual safety, around uh, fearing about uh, sexually transmitted infections or unplanned pregnancies. Um, And so, yes, talk about that. Talk about what level of risk are each of you comfortable taking. And, you know, what does that mean? Um, And and looking at the different options for uh, safer sex practices, um, whether it be male condoms or female condoms or dental dams or all of those different things, um, educating yourself about them more. Because often if you've been in a long-term relationship, uh, you may not have been using those things for a long time. So reacquainting yourself with them so you feel more comfortable with them. Um, having them with you when you go uh, to places where the two of you might encounter situations where you decide to be sexual with other people together so that you're prepared for that. Um, As well as the situations of, okay, if we're going to be sexual with other people, is this something that we want to start out only doing together as a couple? Do we want to do it in the same room? Would it be more comfortable to not have to be distracted by seeing our partner having sex with someone else. So would separate rooms be better, but you're still doing it together in the same place at the same time. Like there are all kinds of different things to look at and discuss and just try to figure out what's going to be the most comfortable for people. Um,
0: and I could also and realize
1: that.
0: I could also. Oh, and but,
1: but, also, yeah, but to realize that these things are not going to be set in stone that as you go through this process and as you evolve these different expectations and agreements are going to probably change
0: yeah that's a good point to keep it dynamic i I think that's yeah and you're right we change and we grow along the process as well so i guess a lot of a lot of the things that people agree can also move as we find out more about ourselves um yeah and and I think you already touched on some of the issues that people encounter, but I guess as as people start opening up more and and I guess it's also good to discuss things such as how much do we actually want to know if if our partner is with somebody else, do we want to know details do we not want to know details? do we prefer that they actually don't tell us um and just consider you know what each partner feel comfortable with, and I think as people then open up, there's often. At least what I have seen in different couples, there's issues around security and safety, which seem to be one of the big ones that keep coming up, at least what I have observed. I don't know if that's the same in your practice, but I don't know, is there other major issues that seem to come up repeatedly as people open up that you think would be important to mention and maybe how people could address those?
1: Um I think you know, particularly. De- it also depends on which type of open relationship style you're starting with, because sometimes what people find is that they will start with, let's say, they'll say that we're going to start by doing, you know, being more in the swinging lifestyle, and they they may both agree that that's a good fit for them, or they may find that that's not really where they fit best um, and maybe polyamory is a better fit. Maybe having um, those, those partners with deeper connections. Um, a lot of people start to realize that, you know, it sounds very exciting to have um, other sexual partners and, and all these different things that they fantasized about and now can start to engage in. And yet they might go, you know, for me, I, to really enjoy sex, I need that emotional connection with someone. Um, and so swinging may not be the best fit for them. Some form of polyamory may be better because maybe having two or three partners that they have more depth with really gives them that enjoyment uh, that they need. And so sometimes it can be about learning about themselves and and how the different types um can work for them, um, and and within each type, I mean, polyamory. There's there's a wide range of how people do polyamory. Um, everything from um, what are called triads, where you just have three people in a relationship together, um, to group marriages or a, a, a group kind of poly what's called a poly family where it's a number of people who are sort of all interconnected with each other and stay pretty much within that group. Um, They really don't look very much for people outside of that group. They stay pretty much within it and um, have a lot of deep connections that works for people. Um, For a lot of people, polyamory is very difficult for them because there are those multiple love relationships Um, and that can for some people can be way too far from monogamy for them to really feel comfortable Um, some people find that they much prefer some some version of the swinging lifestyle and again there are multiple ways of doing the swinging lifestyle Um, but that having that just that one primary partner who they feel connected with and that the other um, sexual partners are more You know, you might hear hear terms like they're playmates, they're uh, friends with benefits. Um, They're they're not someone that they have, uh, that they consider themselves in love with and having that long-term commitment to. Um, For some people, that's
0: easier. And I guess that also brings up the importance of the first question you said people should ask is, why do they actually want this? What are their needs? Because I get that will answer a lot about what kind of structure is best for them, right? Because as you said, if the need is actually to have connected intimacy with other, then poly might be the better option. If it's not about that, if it's just about sexual variety, then swinging might be better. So I guess that also brings us back to what you said in the beginning. The first thing before people go do anything is figure out is why is it actually they want this? What is actually the need that they're trying to fulfill because that will, I guess, guide them towards what structure might work best for them. Right.
1: Well, I mean, ideally, if, if people can be that self-aware, um, that that can work better. And a lot of times it isn't that easy that they, it is kind of that, um, trial and error process of figuring that out and realizing that, Oh, I didn't realize how much I need that, that, interpersonal connection to get fully aroused and to really enjoy sex that without it, it just feels like I'm going through the motions. Mm. Um, or that having so many um, deep emotional partners can be, it can be overwhelming for some people. Um, it, it feels like there's this huge amount of work having multiple deep relationships, even though it sounds great in theory. Um, They don't realize how much work it is Um, and just the uh, balancing, having more than one committed partner in your life and being able to give your partners enough to fulfill their needs. um, For some people that can feel exhausting.
0: Yeah, I guess sometimes even a monogamous relationship can be exhausting. So, <laughs> so, so having well, have two or three of them, it can uh, it's definitely a consideration worth having. And I think, as I said, one of the the things I've seen a lot come up is obviously anxiety or jealousy in open relationships. How do people deal with that if that's an ongoing issue? If they try to open up, but let's say one of the the partners or one one partner continue to have a lot of anxiety, feel a lot of jealousy. Is that where they maybe should reconsider whether this is something that works for them, or what are ways for them to to actually deal with that? If even after extended work, it still keeps being there.
1: Well, if if after extended work it's it's still there, then they may have to reconsider whether or not that's the best relationship style for them. Um, But before I'd get to that point, I I would really want to help them understand uh, what they're feeling. Um, Make sure they're understanding because there's, there is still a lot of uh, misinterpretation of what jealousy really is. Um, And people often even use the word wrong um uh, you you often see people like I, I like to use Facebook as a good example uh, that some somebody will post about how they are going on this great trip um maybe they have this great trip to Italy um, and they talk about it on Facebook and what is the first thing we often see their friends posting in the comments? oh, I'm so jealous. Well, no, you're not jealous, you're envious. Mm-hmm that they're enjoying this trip that you're not getting to go on. That's not really jealousy. Jealousy is more the feeling that you fear your partner is replacing you with someone else. Um, or even in a friendship, you, maybe your your friend has this new friend uh, and they want to spend all their time with them rather than you. You might be jealous of this new friend and fear that um, you're getting pushed out. Of that relationship that's truly jealousy so first of all you have to figure out are you even feeling jealousy or are you just feeling a lot of weird feelings because you're not used to sharing your partner with other people um, because that can feel very weird at first um, even if you're comfortable that you say you're comfortable um, you agree to it to actually see it happening it's a very strange feeling at first. And it's easy to think it's jealousy when it may just be this weird feeling you don't know how to define. Um, but if you are truly feeling this thing that every time you see your partner with someone else, uh, you're fearing that they're going to like this person better than you. Um, I always like to say, there's kind of two paths at that point. First, you have to look at the situation and go, is my partner really doing behaviors that would indicate they want to replace me? Um, You know, are they wanting to spend far more time with this new partner than with you? Um, Or if, for example, if, if they're in sort of a poly relationship and it's the other partner's birthday, do they get them this beautiful extravagant gift and you get this, cheap little gift when it's your birthday. So it feels very uneven. Okay, in that case, your jealousy may be appropriate for the situation and you need to address it with your partner and point out that, and maybe they don't even realize it, but that this has become very uneven and you don't feel they're still connected with you and want to be with you um, or that they're not showing it. So it may need to be addressed in the relationship to figure out, is the jealousy real? Um, if it's not real and your partner is t- treating you and your their other partner very much the same, very evenly, um, splitting time very evenly, okay, now it may be more your issue that you need to work on about what is it that if they're doing everything right, and they still, they, keep, they still do everything to show you that they're connected to you and want you in their life. Okay, now it's more about you. Now it's more about addressing, why don't I feel worthy? Why don't I feel good enough? Uh, because then you may be one of those people who even in monogamy is gonna feel jealous all the time. And that sort of anxious attachment you, you need to address. Um, and figure out how you can feel good enough about yourself and worthy um, to understand that it's it's okay to have more than one partner.
0: Yeah, and I guess this, this whole structure, even debate around open relationship, is something that is really challenging for people because it does open up some of our most fundamental wounds, which is feeling whether we are mm-hmm. lovable, whether we are good enough, um, etc. So it really does, I guess, the challenges that it will forces us to look at that. I guess the benefit if, if we're able to do that, then it, we can really heal a lot of parts of ourselves that, that otherwise probably wouldn't have been healed. Um, and I guess it's up for individual people to decide whether that's a place they even want to go to. And, and that kind of also brings me to the next question, because this is what I mentioned to you earlier, before we started the podcast, that a friend of mine have been in a circumstance that has been challenging of trying to do this. And one thing I wanted to ask is what, how to, if we, one party has then opened up and you know thought about what they need, why they want this, and they share that with their partner, and their partner is simply not really receptive and don't really want to go there, what are their options? Are there any options for them except deciding whether they want to leave the relationship or not? Um, or give up their need for an open relationship? or Are there other ways that maybe they can try and and help facilitate the the other party to come on board
1: and discuss it more? Um, Yeah, those are very challenging situations. When you have one person who wants it very much and the other person is either just highly resistant, not sure they want to go there, or adamantly opposed. Um, to opening up the relationship Um, it's it is difficult to find middle ground to be brutally honest Um, yes you can you can do all the work to talk about it and explain each side's position of where they feel and and maybe try to do some exploration and see how it goes um in some ways, I always like to say it's, it's kind of like couples who one very much wants children and the other one absolutely doesn't. There's no middle ground to that situation. And sometimes for these kinds of things, there's not a real middle ground either. Um, so it is a matter of can you choose a relationship dynamic that you both can manage to be at least happy enough in together? Um, or is it to the point where there's there's not a middle ground, and and you need to accept that you might have to find um, other partners who more match what you're looking for, um, and those are tough decisions to be to have to be in that place. Um, it it can be very painful.
0: Yeah, and I guess it is, and and for them it has had a massive impact, and I think maybe it's also looking at what our priorities are in a relationship and, and you mentioned again similar when you compared it to having a child, it's knowing what for us is a deal breaker, right? And what is not because for some people it's just they're curious about open relationship but it's not really a deal breaker for them and in that instance they might just accept that their partner can't come on board and you're right, for other people it might be like having a child, It's a, it's a deal breaker and it's something that either they have to get their partner on board or they have to leave the relationship and I guess again it's up to each individual to figure out what for them in a relationship are deal breakers and what are not. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and sometimes people will surprise you. Um, I have seen couples where one was very strict monogamy. That was all she ever wanted. They'd, they'd been married for many years. Um, and because he had come out, um, as part of you know, the the BDSM world, and that was not something she wanted to explore. He really needed a partner who could be part of that with him, but he didn't want to leave his wife. He wanted to keep that, and, and that relationship was very important to him. Uh, and it was, I was surprised and 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 happily surprised to see that eventually she could manage to get to a point of wrapping her head around understanding why he needed that. um, And that, okay, now he was going to need this other partner to engage in that part of his life. But she could see that their life beyond that really didn't change. Um, They still had the same connection they had had. Um, For the most part, everything stayed the same other than he just had this additional partner who she knew she met um, and and was they they managed to find a way to incorporate the new partner into their lives. Um, so it was it was beautiful to watch that even though initially she was dead set opposed to it, that her her desire to stay in her marriage was stronger than standing steadfast against well, I don't want this because that's just not the way it's done.
0: And sometimes I guess we can get even more of our partner by allowing them that freedom. I think it's an important point my friend said. She said, you know, if if he was able to go here with me, he would actually be more secure because I would feel even more love for him that he accepts this part of me and not less. And, and because he wants me to shut it down, I'm actually feeling more distant towards him. So I think the interesting thing is sometimes allowing our partner and finding the capacity to let them open up and, and live the life they want actually makes them more attached to us because you know they feel that they are accepted in, in their full selves.
1: It it can and that can be one of the amazing benefits of this for people is when when people can kind of wrap their heads around it, even if that's not their initial desire, um, you can find a much deeper level of intimacy uh, with your partner um, and this strength that comes from this person accepting you as you are and and being able to see that even though they're very important to you, you just need some other things that are different. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean the relationship has to end in many ways it can become much, much stronger.
0: Yeah. And also I think you mentioned a bit earlier, Rhoda, that you said that, that these different categories of open relationship types fit to different personality types. Is that something you can just touch a little bit on, um, to kind of understand, you know, what what personality types might better fit to start exploring what what category, where people should start basically.
1: Um, sure. Yeah, and and just like we have general personality types, we have different sexual personality types, mm-hmm. um, and you know, kind of like the Kinsey scale of, um, if you're familiar with that, with sexual orientation, um, going from zero to six. Zero, is someone who's exclusively heterosexual in uh, thought, fantasy, behavior. Uh, six is someone who's exclusively uh, gay, lesbian in thought, fantasy, behavior. Um, And then there's these different shades in between, um, different shades of bisexuality that um, what Kinsey found was that most there are very few sixes and there are very few zeros, that most of us fall somewhere between that one to five range, Uh, whether we always admit it or not, that most of us fall somewhere in that range. And if you use that same kind of concept of zero to six, you know, zero is someone who's there is just no other option but monogamy for them. There's nothing else that's going to work. There's nothing else they're ever going to feel comfortable with. Um, sex, six is something that somebody needs. There's, they've got to have a very open relationship. Um, and that's the only thing that they're ever going to feel comfortable with. Most of us fall somewhere, again, in that range of one to five. Um, and the amount of openness we need or are comfortable with um, you know, kind of like the the couple I was just talking about. The wife ended up; she thought she was a zero, but she ended up being really a little bit more of a one. Like she managed to find a way of accepting that. Okay, I don't necessarily want a lot of openness, but this little bit I can accept and I can manage, and we can negotiate that and design it that way. Um, some people are going to be more of a four or five. They really need a lot of openness, and once they realize that they can't really go back to monogamy. Um, and that person who's the three, that right in the middle of it, um, I like to call them sort of what I call adapters. Uh, they're, the, they're the type of person who can be in a monogamous relationship and then in an open relationship. And then if that ends, they go back to a monogamous one and they're perfectly happy on either side. Um, I think those people tend to be more rare. Uh, I think most of us tend to fall, we're most comfortable with either complete or more monogamy, or we need more open. And once we open it up, there's no going back. Um, like even if that were relationship we're going to end, the next one would have to be some type of open relationship or or you're just not going to feel satisfied.
0: Yeah, it's such an interesting debate. Rhoda, I also want, do people want to know more and want to find your website and maybe even do some some therapy with you, can you just tell them where they can actually find you um, and look you up on the Internet?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, my website is com. So it's D-R-R-H-O-D-A dot com. Um, and I have a lot of information there. Um, on open relationships Um, I have a Facebook group a private Facebook group uh, where I talk a lot about helping people to transition it's called monogamy to open so monogamy the number two and open um, on Facebook and it's a private group so none of your other friends will see it in your list of groups so um, and so if somebody and people have to Um, be allowed in Um, so if they find it on Facebook um, you have to answer a couple of questions and then um, be approved to get into the group
0: Perfect, thank you so much I really appreciate you sharing all your experience with us today and also just highlighted the complexity Because you're right, it's not a a simple answer and it's really a work in progress, I guess, which is also why people come and work with you, um, because it's not something you can just sit down and have a simple conversation and then (laughs) it's done and dusted. Um, I wish it was that simple, um, but it's it's not. (laughs) So I just really appreciate you putting a light onto this big topic and giving people a a starting point to understand more. And as I said, if they want to know more, I hope they get in contact with you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed
0: the show today. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel and come back for our new weekly podcast. Also leave a review to keep the positive energy going that really keeps me motivated to make more of these podcasts. If you want to learn the key skills to a safe, intimate, and passionate relationship, then head over to suncensa.com and join the free one-hour webinar. The link is in the description. You'll learn the four reasons that relationships break down, how your attachment style may fuel conflict with your partner and how to break that cycle, why people cheat and the one tip that can prevent it, the simple three-step formula to lasting love. So thank you for joining us today and I look forward to seeing you next week for another podcast.